welcome to another episode of the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. I am very grateful that you took your time out of your busy day to spend some time with me. My guest today is Pamela Gold. Pamela is the founder of Portal, which formerly was known as Hacked Fitness, which is New York City's first biohacking fitness studio. And she's a real expert on minimum effective dose fitness, which is basically, uh, we're going to touch a, a lot on it on this episode, but it really is achieving the best results that you can with the minimal amount of time in really in New York style. She also has a very unique uh, method of integrating physical, mental, and energetic fitness through biohacking tools. Portal currently has two locations in New York City and also has an online 12-week program, which is absolutely amazing, which is basically a fitness and well-being optimization coaching app. Portal was closed due to COVID and now reopening and really changing the fitness game in New York City. And last but not least, she's due to release a book called Timeless in Less Time, which is 12 weeks to op optimize fitness for life. That's going to be released hopefully in the fall of 2022. In this episode, you're going to be learning more about uh, what it means to get a minimal effective dose in order to achieve your fitness goals in less time. Looking, uh, you're going to be learning how to connect between the physical, mental, and energetic part of your training, and making sure you're gaining progress in each and every one of those. And we're going to be diving into different principles that should guide you through uh, your fitness journey and your longevity journey. Before we dive into the episode, I would like for you to know that it would mean the world to me and to us here at Young Goose if you took two seconds out of your day and subscribe to this podcast. Not only does it ensure that you will never miss an episode, but it would also greatly help the growth of the podcast, which would help other people learn the valuable information our guests provide. And last but not least, I would like to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Young Goose, which is the world's first biohacking skincare company. Biohacking means that this is the bridge between skincare that is healthy for you and that gives you results of the highest level, which sometimes actually contradict each other. So what we're trying to do is to affect your skin cells to behave like younger skin cells, rewind their biological age and affect the way that you look because of that, you can find our products at uh, younggoose.com and I highly recommend starting with our care products, which are kind of our flagship products. But without further ado, please welcome Pam Gold to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Pam, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. We're really excited to have you here. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, we actually have been introduced uh, through a common friend quite recently, I would say like a couple of weeks ago, and we really liked what you are doing with your facility. And we've really felt like, I don't know if your story needs to be told, but people should know 
the tenants that you operate your business by and that that you kind of live life by. We felt it's very important because what we're trying to do here in the Biohacking Beauty podcast is obviously this podcast is by a skincare company, right? It's it's basically designed at the end of the road to have people reap more benefits from using our skincare or just there's a skin of a person listening to it should definitely look better by implementing whatever takeaways they're getting from from listening to us. But along the lines, we are looking to create healthier humans or better operating humans. And I feel like you're doing it extremely well. So Pam, I'd love to hear from you. How would you describe Portal, the facilities that you run and, and your approach to them? Sure. So thank you again. I, um, it's definitely to me, life is all about demonstration. Mm -hmm. So people can talk a good game, but it's how we show up um, and literally how we radiate from the inside out um, through our thoughts, our words, our actions, and yes, our skin. <laughs> so I think our skin is, is, I realized at a pretty young age that having healthy skin and keeping my skin as healthy as possible was, was of vital importance because it's kind of the first impression that people get from you is your skin. So mm -hmm. I'm all for it. And um, so at, at Portal, Portal originally was founded in 2018 as Hacked Fitness. Mm -hmm. And I founded it um, because I had started using a bunch of the biohacking fitness modalities to get the benefits of, of what used to take me hours and hours and hours and hours and hours a week in very, very short periods of time. So I basically fine-tuned my workout down to 20 minutes of hard mm -hmm. work a week. And I was using machines like the ARX, the Adaptive Resistance Exercise Machine, and the Carol Bike, which gives you the equivalent of a 45-minute jog in under nine minutes. So I was getting these very, very efficient workouts. And I also was learning more about optimizing and improving my recovery. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of active recovery modalities that biohacking gives us, like red light and PEMF and even breathwork um, meditation, I consider to be biohacking. But there were mm -hmm. these tools that I could have and pair you know, with the facility, and then I could bring this kind of smarter, faster fitness, smarter, faster recovery to market in New York City and give optimization to people using some of the biometrics that we can now use with our wearables. So the whole ethos around portal is this smarter, faster fitness um, and recovery? We're in the heart of Manhattan, so you're going to hear some sirens behind me as we yeah. as we talk today. But it really is about how can we up level most efficiently and have it be sustainable and adaptable. Because life has to be functional, it has to be sustainable, and it has to be adaptable. So let's figure that out. Uh, for our fitness, and that's physical fitness, mental fitness, and then what I call energetic fitness, which is kind of the energy we bring to life or the love that we bring to life, which fuels our mental fitness, and then of course fuels our our physical fitness. Yeah, for sure. There, you know, the more engaged mentally or whatever, you know, the more energy you have in order to put yourself forward the best way possible, you're going to perform better, obviously you're going to reap benefits and that's kind of a self-feeding loop, right? Mm -hmm. I think New York probably is the best city in the world for biohacking since everything is so fast paced, since you need a nine minute Carol bike to stimulate 45 minute jog because no one has the 45 minutes to jog, right? Yeah. I mean, it definitely selling the smarter, faster fitness is an easier sell. You know, New York really struggles 
I think generally speaking, culturally with the recovery aspect, with, mm-hmm. with feeling safe enough that there's enough time that it's, it's okay for me to take this perceived break and invest in recovery, which some people feel looks like being lazy. And so that is hard for New York really to, to slow down and realize the importance of that investment, that it's not being lazy, that there's enough time to take care of ourselves. That's hard in New York. LA does a much better job than New York. Definitely. And definitely Miami probably is the other, you know, side of that spectrum. I, I'm just wondering, you know, living in New York for a long time, such as that, what you're doing, but how do you gauge a person's level of recovery? Like, what reads do you get from a person that works themselves too hard or how does it look like? Sure. So ideally someone will be measuring their heart rate variability, whether mm-hmm. it's with the aura ring or the whoop or the Apple watch, eight sleep, BioStrap. There's a lot of different ways. Garmin even has a stress reader. That's an mm-hmm. HRV. It's kind of flipped, but it gives you your stress response. So ideally someone will be measuring that. Um, a lot of people don't, don't know what heart rate variability is. And so, you know, people sometimes show up and maybe their skin isn't as good as it, as it could be because they're not getting the rest and the rejuvenation. And so, because ultimately our cells rely on recovery in order to, to be optimally, you know, mm-hmm. functioning. Right. And so our body always keeps a score. So when people show up and they aren't honoring their recovery and they aren't taking care of themselves holistically, whether we can see it in their HRV or not, you can see it in other ways. You know, their sleep oftentimes isn't good, quote unquote, good, where they're getting a lot of deep sleep and REM and waking up feeling refreshed, sleeping through the night. Oftentimes their relationships are suffering. And then of course there's disease in the body. So whether it's skin, whether it's, you know, getting injured or, or feeling like their bodies are breaking down. That's what happens when we don't honor recovery. And what would you, how would you define the difference between recovery and just a sedentary lifestyle? You know, you know, because rest. (laughs) Yeah. So I rest, I recover all day, Pam. I just rest all day. (laughs) That doesn't work out either because in in like, obviously it's use it or lose it, lose it. So if we're not using some aspect of our life force, whether it's our physical life force, our mental life force, our heart life force, we actually lose the capacity, the functioning of that whatever the system is, right? And so someone who leads a sedentary life and they are inactive, that has even more health consequences than someone who isn't recovering optimally, ideally. Because at Mm -hmm. least someone who isn't recovering, they at least sleep some hours of the night. But if someone's not moving, they're not moving, then the body is going to degrade, the mind is gonna degrade uh, very, very quickly over time. Yeah, and obviously we're we're dependent on blood circulation for whatever we're doing, right? If we're not going to shuttle those whatever those uh, molecules around, whatever we need is building blocks to recover to repair ourselves. We're just not going to do it as efi- efficiently. Obviously, that's to say the least, because our toxin removal system that doesn't have any any uh, pump like, like our lymph. like yeah, yeah the yeah, lymph, our lymph we have to yeah. be moving. Mm-hmm. We have to be moving in order to support that that system. So within Portal, is there a an emphasis on active recovery as well as an exercise? Is that a different session that people come to, or is that all bundled to the same session, which would be like the stimulation and the recovery from that stimulation? How do you approach it? 
Well, I basically look at it like, how can we do the most, um, the most good? Mm -hmm. And so for most people, getting themselves into the studio is kind of the biggest barrier. Yeah. You know, once they're there, we're like, let's make the most of the time that you have. You've already invested in getting here. So now um, I do encourage most people to do a workout and some of the active recoveries all in the same day, because not only are we looking at active recovery as um, recovery for the muscles, you know, like lactic acid and, and all of that, we also are looking at cellular recovery. Yeah, that's very interesting. So another thing that I'm worried about as far as obviously I have a significant other that I cherish deeply and I and I hope and, and, and I want the best for her. And one of the things that obviously it's very important when you're earlier in your life is building a reservoir of muscle mass that would serve you later in life when you start losing muscle mass. And another thing that is kind of worrisome is how do you see building muscle mass for women if again at least like a week out of the month it is recommended by other people to lay off lifting heavy weight how does that muscle mass accumulate well everybody's different so we're all going to mm -hmm. be you know in a in a different kind of category predispositionally for how hard it is for mm -hmm. us to add muscle and for how quickly we lose muscle, especially once we're, mm -hmm. we're over 30. So, you know, like we already said, I, I'm not a fan of, of taking an entire week off from heavy yeah. lifting. And I would encourage anybody to look at the research about when you have the most estrogen and then time your workouts, your heavy, heavy strength workouts to when you have the most estrogen, because that's when you're going to get the most return on your mm -hmm. investment in terms of the discomfort of doing heavy lifting. Because the, the whole point is mm -hmm. we have to get out of our comfort zone. Otherwise, exactly. we're not going to get stronger. So, you know, embracing being uncomfortable, looking at the research, we always want to use science and look at the research and don't take my word for anything, do your own research. I've been lucky enough to learn from some really smart people that, you know, you continue this heavy lifting. And then in terms of how quickly we lose muscle mass or how hard it is to get it back, look, you know, we're all going to have periods in our life where like I just got over, you know, COVID. And so I definitely took two yeah. weeks off of heavy lifting and that's okay. I don't worry about it because I know I'm going to get right back on. And I know that I have all of these tools to hold me accountable. So I get back to the levels of strength and muscle that I was at before. Mm -hmm. And so as long as we're eating enough protein, which is super, super important, and there's some really great research from Dr. Gabrielle Lyons. She has a great podcast. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend people listen to she recommends learning about protein and 30 grams of protein at each meal because there's a, a specific amino acid, leucine, I believe it is, that you need to have mm -hmm. a certain amount of that in order to kickstart the body's process of building muscle. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of hack that by making sure you get enough of this protein. And the problem is you can't supplement with the amino acid. You have to get it from a food source. Yeah. And so that means, especially if someone is vegetarian, that you have to consume a lot of um, protein and a lot of calories to get that protein. So that's why muscle is goes hand in hand with, with a meat eating diet. I, I'm a fan of sourcing meat responsibly and sustainably mm -hmm. and humanely, but I definitely eat meat. And then, you know, I definitely believe the whole adage, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time mm -hmm. to plant a tree is right now. So wherever someone is, I mean, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're in their 50s, 
And they're like, oh, is it too late for me? Absolutely not. I, I saw a great, there was like an 85-year-old weightlifting woman who didn't start weight training until she was like in her 60s. And now she has so mm -hmm. much muscle and she looks amazing and she's super strong and powerful and nimble and healthy. So it's, it's never too late. And you are absolutely right that there's such advantages to building up a reservoir of muscle when we're younger, when it's easier. Because I also believe that the body remembers. So like if anyone was mm -hmm. ever an athlete, the body and the mind remembers what it feels like, remembers how to do it. And so it's easier to rebuild muscle. So, you know, it's always a great time to start. You never want to fall off, but we also don't want to worry because there's always going to be things mm -hmm. in life that are going to you know, impact our routine. We were just talking about habits, right? Like there's going to be things that, yeah. you know, we get sick or you become a mom or, you know, you have to take care of someone and, and being a caregiver is really hard. I and mean, there's so many things that can impact um, our routine and doing strength training, two things. First of all, all three things, moving all day long because we never want to be sedentary, getting our heart rate yeah. up about three times a week to make sure that the cardiovascular fitness is on point and then doing heavy lifting. So both for our muscle mass and our bone density, we absolutely need to be doing really, really heavy strength training. If you're doing it really, really heavy, like the ARX, once a week is enough. Otherwise, at least twice a week mm -hmm. um, to be doing strength training that is, you know, well outside of kind of a what you would be carrying of your body weight. And so if like you do squats with your body weight, that's not going to be straining um, both the, the bones and the muscles the way that you need for this resistance training. We know that from a bone density standpoint, we have to hold weight that's 2.5 times our normal kind of weight bearing um, load in order for the osteogenesis process, the process of, of building new mm -hmm. bones. And muscle building, the hypotrophy, those micro tears that we that we get when we're doing heavy lifting that then spur the building of new additional muscle, we know that those tears only occur when you are well outside of what we would say is a comfort zone. And know the difference between a cardiovascular comfort zone, where it's like, oh, but Pam, I worked so hard. I got my heart rate up. I could barely breathe. I ran up and down the stairs. I did fine. That's great, but that's different than strength training yes. stress. The micro tears that we get that will, will spur our body to build muscles. You have to be doing these resistance training, whether it's with the ARX or high-level resistance bands. You really want to go to fatigue, and you want to go past that, that burn feeling, which most of us probably know, that feeling when your muscles like feel like they're on fire and you really want to mm -hmm. stop. You want to keep going past that feeling. That's some people say the lactic acid buildup, the glycogen depletion. You know, we're not 100% sure exactly what the feeling is, but we know we want to go past mm -hmm. it. We want to breathe through it. And we also want to make sure that we maintain the integrity and stability of our joint motions while we're doing it because we don't want to risk injury as the muscles start to yeah. get fatigued. So tell me why you, you did mention the, the ARX and you did mention that you know, it, it's kind of a game changer since you can utilize your time more effectively where you would have to do two to three times a week of resistance training or heavy lifting to get what you would get in, in you know, in one session with the IRX a week. Why is that? How does it work? And um, yeah. yeah. So the, the, 
thing about it that is so game changing is that you're working against and with the machine. So they, they call it adaptive resistance exercise because the resistance is adapting, but it's kind of like a misnomer because you as the user are the one that's adapting. <laughs> so at no point are you as a user holding weight you're actually creating resistance working against and with the machine. Now we can lower a lot more weight than we can lift. So when you're working against the machine and you're trying to resist it kind of pushing you into a lower position. So I'm, I have my hands up here and I'm, I'm imagining that I'm doing a chest press and I'm imagining mm -hmm. that I'm lowering myself to the ground or I'm lowering the weight towards me in a chest press. Mm -hmm. That's the eccentric phase of the muscle moving where the muscle's actually extending. We can lower yeah. on that extension phase about 30% more weight than we can lift on the concentric phase. Now the ARX, because you're simply working with the machine, it allows you to resist as much as you can mentally and physically each moment of every rep. So you can get these very, very high times under tension where let's say a, a leg press, I can lower about a thousand pounds when I'm, wow. when I'm lowering into kind of a leg press. I can't press a thousand pounds. Like maybe I can press <laughs> 650 or maybe 700, I think is my max for a split second at one moment of the range of motion. If I were mm -hmm. actually doing a leg press set, I would have to choose around 300 pounds because 300 pounds is what I could probably do like six to eight reps of mm -hmm. it's, you know, maybe 85% of my one rep max, maybe about that. And I would have to mm -hmm. really struggle to keep good form. And I could risk injury doing it like that. Because when I do a regular leg press with that 300 pounds, that's a lot of weight. And if at any point I kind of get out of integrity or I get a micro tear that suddenly impacts the integrity of, of the function of all the muscles that are working to make this happen, I could get injured. But with the ARX, mm -hmm. if at any moment you get weaker for any reason, you simply can't create the resistance anymore. It's not like you're still holding the weight and you could get injured because you're holding the weight. It's such a game changer. It's the safest, most efficient and effective way to strength train. And then it becomes a mental trainer because you can imagine what my nervous system is doing when I'm suddenly holding a thousand pounds of weight. My nervous system's wired for survival. My nervous system starts to freak out and it's like, you're going to be crushed, Pam, because a thousand pounds would crush me. I weigh 115 pounds. A thousand pounds would crush and kill me in a fell swoop, yeah. right? So my nervous system, I have to learn to regulate it and stay calm and override the fight or flight impulses. And so the ARX becomes a mu as much of a mental trainer as it is a physical trainer. Interesting. And, and that basically allows us to reap the same benefits as, you know, a couple more exercises a week. What happened if you did ARX two to three times a week? Would that improve the, the effects or? So sometimes, <laughs> this is the beauty of it, right? Mm -hmm. like, and I've always been a very, not always, but the last 10 years, I've been a more intuitive mm -hmm. person. And so I listen to my body and I keep my body guessing because just like use it or lose it, another one of the core tenants is keep your body guessing, keep your mind guessing. Because if you get too much mm -hmm. in a routine, um, the body stops really getting the maximum adaption, adaptive um, benefits from what mm -hmm. you're doing. And so there'll be times when I'll do ARX two or three times a week. And then there'll be times when I do it once a week. And then there'll be times like this last two week period where I haven't done it at all because I mm -hmm. had COVID. <laughs> yeah. And so I used X3 yesterday for the first time. 
um, that was my first really heavy workout okay. in two weeks. And that's just a resistance band set that you can get at home. Yes, and by uh, Dr. Jackish, mm -hmm. which is uh, which is really revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're kind of we're kind of working at the same one of the same kind of principles, right? That through the movement, you are able to to push more or less or to resist something more or less and it's and it shouldn't be something as consistent as a a you know 30 pound dumbbell that you're lifting over your head right that when i straighten my arms more i can actually push me way more weight than when they're bent so a, an elastic band that increases in resistance through the movement will create a more a stronger stimulus than a than a set amount of weight yep. being lifted yep. uh, and that's the kind of say I, i'm seeing like uh parallels there with the arx and the x3 but you did mention the carol bikes what what other modalities are you using in order to hijack those those mechanisms of the body and kind of biohack them or, or basically capitalize on the fact that we can create a big response in a small amount of time. Sure. So the other workout um, machine technology that we use at, at Portal is the Proteus. The Proteus mm -hmm. is mainly used by professional athletes because they found that this way of power training, it's, it's an explosive machine. So you can use it as if you were swinging a bat or swinging a hockey stick or swinging a tennis racket or a golf club. Basically, because the machine creates 360 degrees of resistance, it feels like you're moving through water. And they've mm -hmm. shown that that type of training um, greatly speeds up the brain-body learning process to improve the efficiency of a movement. So the Proteus, like I said, is mainly used by professional athletes. I am not a professional athlete, nor will I ever be a professional athlete. However, I am all about minimum effective dose workouts. And because this machine gives you this 360 degree of resistance, you can imagine doing a snatch, like pulling a snatch up, and then it's like a mm -hmm. slam back down or you're doing a trunk rotation or a chop, you're chopping down and then chopping back up and you're getting resistance in all of the planes of motion. So you get decimated super, super fast. And if you're someone who loves working out, loves the challenge, I was like a kid on Christmas morning the first time I used it because again, imagine a kettlebell swing up and a medicine balls down. It's like, if you're doing like a 15 or a 20 pound you know, weight, and you're not getting like, you know, just doing a kettlebell swing is hard. But if you do it mm -hmm. where you're in addition to the kettlebell swing up, you then have to slam it back down with the full weight of whatever it is. If you're choosing 20 or 30, you know, I wouldn't recommend anyone go above that for this type of dynamic training. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of, you know, increasing your cardiovascular fitness and increasing your strength and power, it is, it is very, very efficient. And it's really fun because it's all computerized. So you get a ding every time you increase your personal record. And so it keeps you very motivated, holds you accountable, and it's fun. I wanted to take a quick break for this episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare product and our special offer for our podcast listeners. Our products are the world's first biohacking skincare products. And what they aim to do is to reboot uh, your skin cells to a youthful state so they can correct the cellular damage that is accumulated over time. Our favorite products and the one that we recommend everyone to start with are is our care 
concentrated moisturizer that can be used as both a day and a night cream. What this product is really specially delivering to the skin is our NAD precursors that are nano-sized and lipolized. They are both NR and NMN. And what they aim to do is to fuel the repair processes that our skin engages in by activating also our sirtuins, which are our anti-aging genes or our longevity genes that are responsible for DNA repair and basically repairing who we are really as human beings. In order to do that in a, the most effective way, we combine it with our enhanced resveratrol, which is fermented resveratrol that allows resveratrol to be 50 times more bioavailable in the skin and actually non-toxic because most people don't know that resveratrol is actually toxic for the skin since the skin doesn't have the enzyme to break it down like our gut does. So by fermenting the the resveratrol and introducing the enzymes in the fermentation process, we can obviously make it non-toxic and 50 times more bioavailable. And Care Concentrated Moisturizer also has 10 more active ingredients that support those processes, such as CoQ10, PQQ, two forms of vitamin C, and even turmeric and B vitamins. This is the first product we recommend. The second is eye care, which is a version of care specifically for the eyes. It also contains our NAD precursors and also contains very, very advanced peptides, our proprietary complex that includes GHKCU, a copper peptide that is very famous for its anti-aging abilities. The third product we recommend is our ProCare Serum. And that is a very special serum because it interacts with the mTOR pathway, which is a pathway that is very famous for its ability to affect how we age. So this product does a few things, but really what it does, it eliminates senescent cells, which are cells that harm our skin because our skin couldn't clear them very well. So it eliminates those, regenerates the skin. It stimulates the mitochondria with lilac uh, cell culture extract. And it also has a very strong and effective form of vitamin C that is well known to help the skin regenerate itself. Combining these three products by first applying ProCare, then eye care, and then care will give you the best results you've ever experienced for your skin and that we guarantee. If you would like to try these products, you can head over to younggoose.com to our website. And when checking out, please use the promo code PODCAST20 in all capital letters in order to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, head over to younggoose.com and use promo code PODCAST20 in all capitals for 20% off your first purchase. And now let's get back to the podcast. It is, and, and you know, I, I've gotten to experience the Proteus. It's, it's really a, an amazing piece of technology. And you're right that there is, an, there is a uh, brain challenging aspect there, but that your brain really works hard to figure out this new type of... Um, of movement resistance because normally as you said you, there there are like highs and lows in every in every type of you know weight resistance right there is we swing the kettlebell there it's the most difficult when we snap our hips and then there's kind of a release uh, and there is kind of a wave of up and down with the proteus it's wherever you're going to go you're getting that resistance and and it really confuses the brain there for a while like it's mm -hmm. it, and it is extremely fun I've heard that they are working 
consistently on like improving the handheld ability, like different types of um, rods that are going to be attached to it yeah. and things like mm-hmm. that. Attachments. Yeah. And I'm really, really, really excited to see what they come up with because they have created something that's very unique. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an awesome tool and it really rounds out kind of an offering because the ARX is like stability and, mm-hmm. and, st- and strength. The Proteus is strength and power. Yeah. And then you pair that with the Carol, which gives you the cardiovascular piece and it's really all you need. Yes. But we, we've been talking a lot about, you know, kind of correlation between those devices and the mental or energetic aspect of working out in general. And that is something that within portal is you stress very heavily, right? There is some kind of relationship that you're trying to maintain all the time between the three. What do you see? Like, let's say someone new is coming to to portal and tries to what you're trying to figure out what to do with them, how how to Mm -hmm. work on them. Sure. How do you how do you approach it as far as looking at physically? I understand. We also I also understand how you're getting the mental aspects out of uh, working those modalities. But there, is there something that you're aiming at specifically as far as past physical aspect? Yeah. So I definitely teach and encourage someone's own exploration into the connection between the physical, mental, and energetic, right? And so at Portal, we break everything down into five pillars of fitness. There's the physical, Mm -hmm. mental, nutritional, sleep, and communal. Mm -hmm. And we have ways of assessing where everybody is. It's a very quick assessment to see where everybody is, Mm -hmm. either at the stability, strength, or power level of each of the five pillars. Mm -hmm. And then if they have like their top goal is the physical fitness pillar for either aesthetics or longevity, then I get to show them how in order to get to the strength or power level in the physical fitness, you have to make sure that you're in the strength level and all the other pillars as well. Mm -hmm. Because we may temporarily when we're 20 or even 30 be able to stay in the strength or power level in the physical fitness pillar while not sleeping well or not eating well or having mental fitness or communal fitness issues but that's not sustainable it's actually not sustainable from a longevity perspective and and ultimately physical fitness has to be longevity otherwise we'll be dead (laughs) it's like not to be to be crass or flip but obviously so we need to make sure that the other pillars are at the strength level as well. So yeah. each pillar, there's a really quick assessment. And then people have a, a readiness assessment to see how willing they are to get uncomfortable in each pillar. And even if someone is at the stability level and nutritional pillar, but they don't want to talk about it, I'll still work with them yeah. and I'll keep planting the seeds. And at some point, you know, they may want to talk about nutrition. Same thing with mental fitness. Some people come to portal. They don't want to talk about mental fitness. They just want to do physical fitness. And they admit when we do the assessment that they're at the stability level of mental fitness, but they don't want to talk about it. Totally fine. I'm certainly not going to make them talk about it. But after a little while, most people will say, all right, Pam, what, what are the other things that you do? Like, what is, what is this dry flotation that's going on in there with the meditation? What's the breath work that you guys do? You know, what, how does the red light and the hot cold, like, how does this all help me ultimately on my physical goals? And then we can start to talk about mental fitness a little bit and how it's all connected. And 
And that's how we do it at Portal. So we're, we always meet people where they are, but mm -hmm. we have tools and assessments for all five pillars. I, I created something called the Portal Power Scale. That's an assessment that can actually give you a, a qualitative number for your inner strength. One could say mm -hmm. your communal and mental strength. Like what, what power level are we showing up um, to our life with? Are we in the low catabolic levels or are we in the anabolic levels? And how can be, we be more self-aware in any given moment? Because we bounce around all day. Yeah. I may be like unconditional peace and love and joy and inspiration. But then, you know, something happens. I get a phone call from someone. I drop down, you know, into one of the catabolic levels, whether it's, you know, level one where I'm feeling completely helpless and hopeless or level two where I'm anxious and sad or <laughs> level three where I'm frustrated and angry or level four where I'm like, you know, egoic pride where I'm like really controlling and demanding of other people that I'm not really caring about the higher good, right? We're all human. We're all in all these places, but how yeah. do we become more self-aware and how do we start to have tools to be empowered to get ourselves back up into the higher levels so we can make the most of our life? So all that stuff is baked into portal. That's beautiful. How did you find out that that's what you want to do? Because it seems to me like, you know, you, you are really explaining a lifetime of experience and experience in, in relating it to others. So how did that come about? Like, how did you get to start portal or, you know, what was your journey towards point where you are right now? Sure. Well, I would, I would say ever since I was little, I always was very curious mm -hmm. and always very driven to be the best me I could be. And I naturally didn't really feel like comparing myself to others was the way to, to be the best me I could be. So a lot of people really struggle with comparison. And of course, as a young person, there were parts of me that did, but I always kind of felt like it was always me versus who I was yesterday. And so I always had that DNA where I was yeah. always striving to be better today than I was yesterday. I studied the hard sciences at Yale and wanted to kind of figure out how everything worked so I could reverse engineer everything. But then you learn about quantum physics and you realize no one understands anything. I became exposed to Buddhism and meditation probably when I was like 18 or 19. That was super interesting. But then I moved to New York and much like every other New Yorker, I kind of just dove headfirst into my career. And then I became a mom. And it was really when I became a mom that I had this, you know, resurgence of wanting to be the best me I could be because mm -hmm. it was never acceptable to me to like, you know, lose my patience with my kids or like yell at my kids or not be the best mom I could be. And so I started studying a lot of this inner strength, you know, work. When I became a mom, there's a teacher writer named Dan Siegel mm -hmm. and his, his books on parenting completely changed my life. I actually ended up becoming a parenting coach for a while. And I also was a behavioral therapy, um, well, I was president of a behavioral therapy food and weight clinic. So I learned a lot about that. I also was a personal trainer because I was super into fitness and wanted to help other people. So it was like very organic that all of this came together. But it really, I think at the, the deepest you know, heart of it really does come from my heart and wanting to make the most of life and be the best me that I can be so I can be of highest service and leave this place better than I found it. And I just have had all of these different um, opportunities to learn, whether it was the hard sciences, you know, bio biochemistry and genetics, mm -hmm. and biology, reproduction, all that stuff. I studied psychology, studied ethics, philosophy, you know, really went deep on Buddhism, meditation, yoga, mm -hmm. breath work. And it really is just all coming, coming together with portal. 
Yeah, it seems like it. It's all. It also seems like from from what, what kind of comes out from what you're saying is that really it's it does you know translate in the end to being a better parent, to being a better coworker, business owner, you know, friend, husband, wife, whatever it is that you are bringing yourself to the table. Obviously, it starts with self love and self respect. But you need the tools. It's hard. <laughs> it's, I know. And there's like pause there because like like being in integrity with ourself, that's like a never ending onion. Like just this yeah. week I was like, oh, I'm abandoning myself. Mm-hmm. Like there was a certain thing I realized that I was like kind of betraying myself and abandoning myself. And I was like, oh, it's just so sneaky. <laughs> it is. It is sneaky. Sneaky. And if, and if you're not, and, and you know, the only way that you can untangle that sneakiness is really being working on yourself all the time, like literally all the time. Every breath, the minute, every breath. Yeah. The minute you drop the ball, that ball becomes a snowball, right? So it, it is very difficult. What is like the minimum age threshold that you work with? Is there one? Because it seems like you can change a society if you start in, you know, showing these principles to younger people, but I don't know in a, in a yeah, well, I mean, my kids, like my kids are 16 and 13. So obviously I feel very comfortable, you know, working with kids, you know, at that age. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love littles, like love little kids. I don't have systems in place, you know, really for, for littles. But I, we, from the time that my kids were in school, like when they were in pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, I would every year go into their classroom and there were all these different ways that I taught them some of these principles. Like I had a, those little toy compasses and toy flashlights. And I used mm-hmm. to teach them like just like a compass. They have their own inner compass and what feels like love, what feels like expansion versus what feels like constriction and feels like mm-hmm. fear, feels like pain. And to start to really trust that inner compass so that was the intercommerce one. And then the flashlight, we used to turn off the lights, which made all the little kids go, ah, crazy. <laughs> but then I showed them how what they chose to shine their light on totally changed how they experienced the room. And so if they like shine the light over on the blocks versus shine the light on the, the carpet or whatever, it was like an entirely different experience. And I was like, that's exactly like what you choose to put your attention on. If you choose to pay attention to your thoughts, if you choose to pay attention to your feelings, your emotions, your feelings in your body, you can pay attention to your hands, to your feet and pay attention to your breath. And so we used to do breath work practices from the time that my kids were like four. So I've definitely taught my mom. So, you know, just Mm -hmm. you you spend time teaching kids. But at Portal, we usually, it's teenagers is the, the earliest that they come in and start working out with their parents. Uh-huh. And are there quote unquote like group classes or are you focused more on individuals? How do you structure it? So at Portal, it's all one-on-one right now. Mm-hmm. There was a plan before COVID for us to open up a circuit, but given the economic kind of current environment, I'm not looking to do that in this next iteration. So I'm going to keep mm-hmm. it personalized. Um, online, it is, a, it is a community. So while we don't do group work in the studio, there is definitely a community in the studio. You meet other people. And then the online portal program, there is a real community of people that support one another through, uh, through the journey. Yeah. And, exa- and, and um, you know, in systems like Proteus, where you can really, you know, kind of see where you stand 
as opposed to the general public, you can punch in your details and it kind of tells you how well you're doing, which could, <laughs> I guess could be a deterrent if you're not doing so well. But I think it's very generous. <laughs> like, I think Proteus most of the time tells you like you're, you're doing very well. So there's an, it's like another aspect of community, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just kind of to understand, to, to get people going, because to me, the most important thing that someone can do is, is, as we said, is build a habit, start their journey. And obviously, as you said, the best uh, time to plant a tree was a long time ago. And the second best is to, right now. So what is the minimum amount of time someone should be should be looking to dedicate to working with you at portal what can it replace yeah so if someone's extremely busy what's the minimum amount of time they need to to dedicate so what i would say each of us needs to wrap our head around taking at least 30 minutes a day to care for our physical mental Mm -hmm. and energetic fitness and yes, you have to add that on to like the amount of time you shower, hopefully every day and floss your teeth every day and cook for yourself and clean the house. And yes, it's, it's one more kind of, I like the word hygiene. Mm-hmm. There's like housekeeping and like body, like hygienic practices that you do every day. And so mm-hmm. I combine everything as much as possible to make it as efficient as possible. So like the portal program, if you don't have access to portal in New York city, you know, there's a 20 minute hit workout or a 20 minute active recovery. And there's going to be, you know, every day about 10 minutes of meditation, reflection, journaling, studying of a new, new tool. But Mm -hmm. I say 30 minutes a day and you can spread it out through the day, but whether it's, you know, with me at portal or whether you're going to design your own, you know, habits, it's really, it, I really think it's about 30 minutes a day mm-hmm. and then over the week. Yeah. Awesome. And how many times or how many days of the week should people expect to come in to portal? So if you're, if you're just using portal for your workout, mm-hmm. you could potentially come in once a week and be done and not need to yeah. do any other workouts you will need to be moving every day, all day. And I will tell you that you need to be doing the other mind, body, spirit, you know, hygiene practices mm-hmm. like sleep hygiene and mental health hygiene, you know, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, breath work, journaling, time with friends, time in nature, you know, there's a laundry list of opportunities, but we need some combination of these practices um, to for our mind and our body and our heart to consume yeah. healthy energy, or we won't be healthy. It's just like we wouldn't expect to like feed our body horrible food or edible food like substances that isn't really food, and expect our body to be healthy. We can't allow ourselves to like binge watch you know shows on Netflix that are mm-hmm. toxic and scary and disturbing and destructive, and spend time with people who are toxic and negative and all about hopelessness and helplessness or spend time, like even just being in New York City, you know, just being out on the street in New York City, it's kind of toxic. Like it's just horns and people and dirty. Physically just, and mentally. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah, it really is. And so we need to make sure that we're setting aside time throughout our day, throughout our week for us to be nourished. I mean, time in nature is the best. Not everyone, especially in the middle of New York City, you can't always get it. But there, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to be a facility like Portal. But we need 
to reverse engineer a healthy body, healthy mind, healthy heart with these daily habits, these hygienic practices. So you get a minimum effective dose of mm-hmm. nourishing energy, nourishing engagement, nourishing education, nourishing people, nourishing passions and being of service career-wise or volunteer-wise, um, and then nourishing movement. And there's just so many ways to achieve it. So that's why I'm, I'm never about scarcity. I'm never about rigidity. There's just so many ways to figure it out. Yeah. But I think a half an hour a day is, is reasonable from a workout, recovery, mental health care perspective. Yeah, I agree. And something, you know, to your credit or to is an idea of why someone should go through a program like yours, if not yours specifically, is because whether we want to get the minimal effective dose or we really want to push the envelope or anywhere in between, it is much easier having someone else who is a professional who who has gone through, you know, the different programs that can direct you that knows the minimal effective dose or knows what is the next step of that program. I highly recommend professionals in any area, but especially in the the connection between physical, mental, and spiritual fitness for that matter. So maybe, Pam, tell us where would someone find you, whether it is physically or online? Obviously, everything is going to be in the uh, show notes, but how how can they uh, spiritually find you? No, but how, <laughs> how can they uh, meditate? You? I'll be there. I'll be up in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm in New York City. I have two facilities in New York City currently working on opening up a third facility that will be kind of our real facility. Mm-hmm. So it's in New York City and Chelsea. And then we also have online options. So, you know, people can work with us kind of from wherever. So portal, PRTL.com. Sounds great. Yeah. And what's your social media? What is your favorite social media that people mm-hmm. can reach out to you? Sure. So we portal, it's enter E-N-T-E-R dot portal, P-R-T-L. Mm-hmm. So that's Instagram. And then my personal Pamela P. Gold um, is the Instagram. Instagram is the easiest. I'm not, not on TikTok. <laughs> like one day, but no, not not now. No, not yeah. like Neil Polvin, uh, Dr. Neil Polvin. <laughs> Dr. Putting, Polvin, uh, yeah. yeah. He's working on it, but yeah. Yeah. So Pam, that was that was an awesome podcast. I hope that we have affected a few people into or pushed them into the direction of starting their journey into those realms, because I feel like this is uh, really what gives life flavor, discovering, you know, yourself within that journey. And, and I highly recommend people to reach out and go through that journey with you. I really appreciate the time that you've that you've dedicated uh, to talking to me today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I wish you uh, continued success and a better weather in New York. Yes, thank you, thank you. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Yes, ma'am.